The following audio is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that this recording will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. 2020. It's my year of wrestling with prayer. And unlike so much of 2020, this was a decision back in 2019. I aim to have a theme for each year. And for 2020, prayer stood out. But as I reflected, an alarming truth revealed itself. You can try this activity for yourself. Have a go at plotting your prayer life with God. Look back over the time where God was most real to you, where there was life, passion, longing, hope in your prayer, but also when this was lacking. And there was an alarming trend on my graph. The apex, the highest point of my prayer life, well, I had to go back as far as like grade eight, grade nine, and that's over a decade ago. And I can actually tell you what stood at the centre of this joy-giving time. It really wasn't that profound. Um, I had a piece of paper. It was shoved in this very loved Bible. And on this piece of paper, in rather messy handwriting, was names of people who mattered to me, friends, family, peers at schools, and people who I... These were people I wanted to see love Jesus more. Actually, each year, my family, they would go to a Christian conference in Katoomba. It's kind of like the Mount Tambourine of New South Wales. And this would be something I'd pray for in anticipation all year round. I prayed for future, gene, for future dreams and people that I would be with, missionaries and the mission ground of my school and youth group. But that's over a decade ago. And as I, I plot out the, the high mountain moments and the other key milestones, one of the things that was very apparent to me by my own assessment is that I haven't apexed that highest point. Yeah, there's been some mountaintop moments and there's been some deep valleys and the monotony of long plateaus, but I haven't got over that peak closeness with God. And I wonder, if you were to plot your own prayer life with God, would it look similar? Do you have to look back to perhaps over a decade ago to see the most recent peak? I hope not, but as we open our Bibles together to Matthew 26, we have an invitation to peek into a peak moment of intimacy with God. My prayer is that Jesus' example will spark intimacy, that closeness in our prayers with God. So wherever you're at, whether it's your highest peak, maybe the darkest valley, or you're just stuck in that monotony of the plateau in your relationship with God, let's begin a climb to surpass even your highest peak. And prayer that imitates Jesus' example, it's a foundation of our faith. Actually, that's going to be today's big idea in our Faith Foundation series. I've got it down to three words. Pray like Jesus. I've got three words, but we do have four lessons under those. So under the big idea, pray like Jesus, we have, one, Jesus prays with company. Two, Jesus' prayer shows us the cost of sin. Three, Jesus prays to commit 
to the will of God. And four, Jesus continues in prayer. To pray like Jesus, company, cost, commitment, continue. Open with me your Bibles to Matthew 26. Uh, We're going to be reading from verse 36 through to 44. This is our passage for today. Matthew chapter 26, starting at verse 36. Then Jesus went to them at a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And then he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So you could not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. We're jumping straight into Jesus' last moments of freedom before his death on on the cross. Matthew 26, it's a bleak chapter. It starts with Jesus' third death, third prediction of his death by crucifixion. Then a woman pours perfume for the dead over him, preparing for Jesus' burial. Judas Iscariot then agrees to portray Jesus, and this is actually called out by Jesus at the Passover meal. Then at this meal, Jesus enacts his coming death with the breaking of bread, picturing his body, and the sharing cup, the shared cup picturing his shed blood. Jesus lays once again the foundation for us to see his coming death as an offering for the forgiveness of sins. We're being shown that God will use Jesus' death on the cross as his promised way to save sinners. It's, it's quite a dinner party, but it doesn't, it's not all over yet. To add to the bleakness, Jesus declares that all his followers will abandon him. And on top of that, Peter, his chief follower, will explicitly deny even knowing Jesus three times. Then we get to the Garden of Gethsemane. When life is this bleak, perhaps sorrowful and troubled, they sound quite like understatements. The shadow of death hangs over Jesus. And I'm left wondering, how would I in Jesus' shoes even begin to respond? And this brings us to the first lesson. Respond with prayer like Jesus and seek the help of company. Jesus lets his disciples know he's going to pray and takes with him Three disciples in particular. That's Peter and the sons of Zebedee, who are James and John. 
Uh, these aren't just some random pick of three. These are the three that Jesus took with him to his transfiguration in Matthew 17. And when Jesus raised Jairus' daughter from the dead in Luke 8. Jesus has invested particularly in these three. He's mentored them. And Jesus seeks company to help him pray. So he gathers together Peter, James, and John. He wants their support. But notice, they don't actually even pray with him. They're simply asked to remain and watch. Jesus shows us that in the darkest moments, company with which to pray benefits the sorrowful soul. These guys actually make pretty poor, sleepy company, yet still Jesus models to us a persistent pursuit of their company. I know for me, my strongest prayers are when I have the support of company. So to each of you who I've got to pray with, even if you haven't even said a word, thank you. Company sharpens prayer, focuses the heart, and helps us draw closer to God. Company provides us sort of a physical demonstration of a spiritual reality. Prayer is about company, keeping company with God. Too often my prayers are characterized only by what I am seeking to gain from God. Jesus prays to gain simply God's company. And it's a company of intimacy. Jesus' opening words of his prayer are, My Father... It's warm, personal, relational language. And you are invited to keep this kind of company with God in prayer. We miss out so much when we limit God's company in prayer to the same relationship we have with a vending machine. I want. God fix. God forgive again. It's not that these requests have no place in our relationship with God, but it's a pretty poor relationship if this characterizes the majority of the interaction. A child rightly asks much of their dad. We are dependent upon God. But there is so much more on offer from the company of God. So in your prayer, like Jesus, seek to gain God. Here again what Jesus prayed next. We've heard that he started, my father, and then it continues on. If it, is if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And we're going to draw out lessons two and three um, from verses 39, but it kind of all appears again in Jesus' second similar prayer in verse 42. So, Lesson two, Jesus' prayer shows us the cost of sin. Jesus, lesson three, Jesus prays to commit to the will of the Father. Now, before we go any further, we need to talk about that cup. In the Old Testament, the cup is a picture of suffering and wrath from God against sin. And just before the cup comes up in Jesus' prayer, Jesus talks about that cup in the about a cup of the new covenant in that Passover meal, that dinner meal in Matthew chapter 26, starting at 27. This cup represents the cost Jesus would bear as the sacrifice to set up the new covenant. And forgiveness offered by Jesus, it stands at the heart 
of this new covenant. Jesus on the cross will drink the wrath of God against sin. It's a bitter cup of suffering that sinners ought to drink and will drink unless Jesus drinks it for us. Jesus is fully aware the cost that sin demands. God's response to sin is just wrath. And sin, no matter how hidden or horrific, appalling or accepted by our preference, every rebellion against God's rule will face the just wrath of God. Jesus in the garden, he's wrestling in prayer as he starts, he's staring down the barrel of this fate, a fate that we deserve, that he is going to take upon himself instead of those who trust in him. And the struggle of Jesus' prayer ought to remind us of the incredible cost of sin. Sin is no trivial matter. Each and every sin deserves the full cup of God's wrath. And Jesus is crying out in prayer in the garden, Dad, if there is any other way we can make this work, let's do that one. If your will to forgive sinners can be achieved by any other means, I will take that, not this. Dad, this cost, it's killing me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Consider the implications. Jesus' prayer in Gethsemane, it reveals the cost of sin. And God responds to sin with the cup of his judgment. Jesus' prayer also reveals the will of God is to forgive sinners. Together, in unity, Jesus and the Father are completing the only plan that can save sinners from the judgment of sin. Jesus is going to drink the judgment. He's taking the hit, copying the punishment for all who will trust in him. And if there was any other way that this could happen, if salvation was possible through Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, if it was possible first to save ourselves, or if we didn't even need saving, Jesus is begging, Dad, if there is any other way this can work, give me that out. Give me that option. I'll do that instead. Three times Jesus pleads this prayer to his dad, yet it is God's will to save sinners. And Jesus taking our cup is the only means that this can happen. Jesus prays to commit to the will of God. And I wonder when was the last time you prayed like Jesus? Whatever it costs, I will follow you, God. If it was to cost you everything, would you follow God's will? And as we aim to get closer to God in our prayer life, maybe the starting point of the climb is, God, I know that your will for me is maybe give up that addiction, this indulgence, this time waster, or this choice that stops me loving you and the community you put around me like Jesus does. Help me to start by committing to you, to strengthen me to endure this cost. Maybe it's even a step back from this. Maybe your starting need is to thank Jesus for taking the wrath 
the cup of wrath that your sin deserves. Declaring in prayer, Jesus, I trust you. I want to turn from living my own way and instead follow you as my God. I'm sorry for my sin and need your forgiveness. Uh, we're, going to move, we're going to move around the order a little bit. I want to invite all who trust in Jesus by God to respond by participating in a symbolic meal given to us by Jesus. We're going to move into communion now. And I, I trust that you've had the opportunity to receive this cute little packaged juice and bread um, from those who have come in person. And if you're watching us with us online, uh, please have juice and bread ready if you're able. This meal provides us a means to respond to God in this sort of interactive way. Jesus gave us this simple meal to help us remember the cost Jesus paid with his own body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. It is a meal that reminds us to commit to the will of God. It is a meal that we eat in the company of other followers of Jesus. And we look forward to it when we will eat this meal anew with all believers in God's kingdom and with indeed God. And for those who have been paying attention to the sermon outline, we will get to lesson four after we share in this response time by this meal together. So first, um, as many of you have been doing, peel back that first layer to reveal the bread or the cracker version. Let me pray in thanks and then we shall eat together. Our Father, your Son received the cost for our sin upon his body broken for us. Jesus died a sinner's death in my place. God, it is your gracious will to forgive me, a sinner. And through your Spirit's help, grow my faith in you. Thank you. And so we remember the bread that, was, the bread that represents Jesus' body broken for us. Take, eat, and let us celebrate Jesus. Now you can peel back that second layer of the cup to reveal the juice. Let us give thanks in our hearts for the bitter cup of suffering Jesus drank as his blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins on the cross. Again, let me pray in thanks and we shall drink together. Our Father, your Son drank the cup of suffering that should have been poured out on me. We enter into this covenant with you, dependent upon your forgiveness for sin. Help us follow your will, whatever it costs. And through your Spirit's help, grow our faith in you. We thank you. Let us drink in celebration of our God. In a brief housekeeping note, uh, as we begin the final lesson in our Faith Foundation on Prayer, our bins can be located at their um, exits.
for that packaging. So lesson four, pray like Jesus who continues to pray. It's an obvious point, but nonetheless important. Three times Jesus prays, and there is value in repeated prayer. Twice Jesus pursues his closest followers' company, reminding them at least two times to watch, reminding them on the second time to watch and pray and not enter temptation. Though the third time he lets them sleep through. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I want you to know that God already knows that for many of us, our prayer life is more than less than what we hope for. And as Jesus is offered to you as the perfect example to follow, as we aim to pray like Jesus, don't be surprised if you find yourself looking a little bit more like the sleepy disciples than you look like Jesus But please do not settle content in a sleepy experience. Let God stir up a restlessness in your heart that will not find peace in simply trying harder, but rather finds peace in letting Jesus be your guide in prayer and God's Holy Spirit being our helper in prayer. I want to take you to Romans 8. Uh, We're going to look at verse 26 and 34. In verse 26 it says, The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 34, it helps us fill out Jesus' ongoing role in prayers beyond Gethsemane and indeed after the cross. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised who is at the right hand of God and who is indeed interceding for us. Jesus is our guide and the Holy Spirit our helper and together they minister before God the Father as continuing intercessors for our prayers. Jesus help us see what prayer can be in the toughest of environments like Gethsemane. And it is the Holy Spirit who takes the groans of our prayers in these moments and presents them beautifully before the Father. God is at work for you to reach new heights in your prayer life. So continue in prayer with God. So prayer is a faith foundation. Pray like Jesus. Pray with company. Let the cost of sin show in your prayers. That's prayers of repentance, forgiveness, and gratitude. Let prayer grow your commitment to the will of God and continue in prayer with Jesus and the Holy Spirit helping you as our intercessors. Let us pray. Our Father, we have the joy and support to pray pray together with you in this moment. We have brought to you prayers of repentance and celebrate with gratitude your forgiveness. We have encountered Jesus' commitment to your will. Grant in us this same commitment. Help us to continue in prayer with the guidance and help of Jesus 
and the Holy Spirit interceding for us. May we reach a new highest peak in the closeness of our prayer life with you. We pray in the precious name of Jesus and declare together, Amen. Truly, let it be. Thanks for listening to this audio from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.